0: Conspiracy theories, eh? Way do you get a load of this? Hello, and welcome to Cracked Sisters Conspiracies. We're a podcast that covers conspiracy theories, mysteries, and all of our spooky shit. My name's Jackie. And I'm Cassandra. And we are said Sisters. I think she's crying. <laughs> <laughs> she's totally crying. We <laughs> locked a small child out of the room, and it's not going well. But that's okay. The joys of recording at your house. <laughs> the joys of being a parent. Oh, that too. I needed to be here because our plan of attack for the evening is to taste test a bunch of cocktails that yes. are potentials for your upcoming engagement party. And I told Alex, I like, go, oh, today's special because we're going to be, you know, testing out these drinks. And he goes, "So you guys are going to get drunk and record a podcast?" He said, "What's new about that?" I'm like, "Okay, good point. There's structure to it cuz it's not just ham-dash throw everything in a glass. I actually There's measurements. Measurements. I busted out the shaker. That was a bad ritual. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh. <laughs> so our the first on the docket is the Southern Peach Cocktail is what it is. Oh, uh, yeah. This one's not my favorite. It's okay. It's bourbon. All of the drinks are bourbon-based mm-hmm. tonight. So bourbon, grenadine, which I think is the culprit of the, I would the agree. question mark. Or it's the peach schnapps. It could be a combination of or the that. two. So it's that with some OJ topped off with, like, a, a Sprite. Okay, yeah. So... Yeah, it tastes... Okay, it just has a weird aftertaste. It's, yeah, I'm not crazy about it. I'm still going to power through oh, and I'll drink Oh, I'll drink it. And then what's the next one we're making today? So we also have a bourbon blackberry lemonade. That's what I'm excited about. And then there was a third one oh. requested... I, I think it's a bourbon pomegranate punch. So, oh, okay. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Yay! But drinks aside, what is the topic for today? So today we are talking about JFK and his special medicine. JFK and his special medicine. Mm-hmm. Is it cocaine? I'm not telling you anything. You'll just have to find out like everyone else. All righty. Well. You never heard anything about this other than me bringing it up last episode? No, really. The only thing I know about JFK is that he became hamburger meat. So. Oh, oh. <laughs> that is true. But uh, well, I mean, I know a little bit more than that. He was a president. He was a president. <laughs> yes, and yeah, he was married to Jackie Onassis, mm-hmm. who there's a character in The Venture Brothers based off of her looks. So, I see you rolling your eyes. You know what? There's a movie coming out. Oh. Like, next week. I think I'm so fucking excited. Anyhow. So happy. So you. let's hear about the president's drugs. Okay. So John Fitzgerald Kennedy was born May 29th, 1917 in Brooklyn, Massachusetts. For some reason, I did not think it was that long ago. I mean, he was president in the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. So I also didn't know that prior to looking any of this up. So so he would have <laughs> been in his 40s ish, yeah. I would think. So he grew up in an affluent house with numerous family members having been somehow involved in politics. I didn't really dive too deep into it. Like his uncle was a senator and his someone was a governor and someone, they had a lot of money. They had a lot of power. And that's just how the Kennedys have been for all of time. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger married Maria Shriver, who was part of the Kennedy clan. Oh. Like the, yeah, it's... But she's foreign, isn't she? What? Doesn't she have a weird accent? No. I thought they both had weird accents. No, she's got some strong permanent feature. (laughs) Prominent feature, excuse me. Oh, never mind. But uh, no, I don't think so. I'm fairly certain she was American born. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. So as a child, JFK was plagued by a series of childhood diseases, including whooping cough, chicken pox, measles, and ear infections. What about rickets? No, not recognize. <laughs> but, like, you might as well throw that in there, honestly. Maybe it just kind of flew in under the radar. Possibly. <laughs> so three months prior to his third birthday in 1920, Kennedy came down with scarlet fever, which was a highly contagious and life-threatening disease, and was admitted to Boston City Hospital. Was that what the Velveteen Rabbit was about? Did she have scarlet fever and had to burn her bunny? No, you're looking at me like you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Never mind. Like Peter Rabbit? No, Velveteen Rabbit was some childhood trauma in book form. Never read it. Okay, I made one of the rabbits in school in like home ec when you have to sew by hand. Right. Couldn't tell you what it was about though. Jesus. Never mind. I'm. I I didn't read myself here. In 1931, Kennedy started attending Choate School. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that Chote, correctly. Yep, a prestigious preparatory boarding school in Willingford, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. How have you heard of that? I have existed in the world. Sometimes I pick up on things, and that's one of those things I have heard about over time. Okay, during his years at Choate. <laughs> jfk started having various health problems that culminated with his emergency hospitalization in 1934 at yale new haven hospital where doctors suspected leukemia Ah. in june of 1934 he was admitted to the mayo clinic in minnesota and the ultimate diagnosis there was colitis which is the swelling or inflammation of the large intestine slash colon in september of 1935 so like a year later Kennedy made his first trip abroad when he traveled to London, where he intended to study under Harold Lasky at the (laughs) London School of Economics. However, due to his health, he returned to the U.S. in October of that year when he enrolled late and attended Princeton University. Sadly, he had to leave after just two months due to gastrointestinal illnesses. He was then hospitalized for observation at the Peter Bent Brigham Hospital in Boston. He had a herniated disc removed in 1944, and then he underwent risky spinal fusion surgery in 1957. To me, it sounds like there might have been a lot of inbreeding in that family. Something <laughs> this dude has gotten everything. <laughs> it's like you know how there are just some animals that are plagued with everything because yeah. they're the product of did you know, it was there inbreeding in the kennedy? I, I have no idea. I. <laughs> Please do not come for me. Allegedly. (laughs) I am just going off of what I heard. That was the first thing I thought of. Illness tends to That would make sense. So in September of 1947, while Kennedy was 30 and in his first term in Congress, he was diagnosed at the London Clinic with Addison's disease, which is a rare endocrine disorder. That's what Evan's parents' dog had, and then... The one, the, the target dog? The target dog. He had Addison's... did he get hit by a car? No, he ended up eating a peach pit, and they have arsenic in them. In them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fairly certain... No, don't laugh! I knew it was something horrific. But it's, it was but awful! They, have, oh. they had, like, a peach tree, I think, out in their backyard, and I... Yeah, I think it was the the pits that he got into... <laughs> it's awful nothing good comes of having a peach tree just ask our poor mother who has been traumatized <laughs> and will not go anywhere near anything peach ever again so this drink would not be up her alley at all you know no, it's, not it's not up for her yeah it's it, for me and it's not this is not for you either so <laughs> like this is not going to be the choice oh yes yes so having Addison's disease, it meant that he could barely speak. His back was constantly hurting him. He got migraines, et cetera. And he was expected to live less than one year after being diagnosed. God. Yeah. In 1966, White House physician Dr. Janet Travel revealed that Kennedy also had hypothyroidism. The presence of two endocrine diseases raises the possibility that Kennedy had, it's called APS2. It's autoimmune polyendocrine syndrome type 2. Apparently it's pretty rare, but he was special enough to possibly have that. They're just trying to find a reason why he's having all of these illnesses and ailments, basically. Due to his plethora of medical issues, he took crazy arrays of drugs, including corticosteroids, both oral and implanted as pellets, procaine and other painkillers, and then intermittent but huge doses of antibiotics. And there was something about him having a venereal disease at some point. Ew. Well, yeah. Ew. And it gave a description like it oozed or something like That's that. That's disgusting. <laughs> don't quote me on that. I don't remember. But it was very funny. You know what? Safe sex is not that hard, people. Geez, Louise. I mean, but it's the, what is this, 50s? Still. Free love, baby. <laughs> that was the late 60s. Whatever. We're getting there. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about someone named Max Jacobson. He was born on July 3rd, 1900 in Forden-Bromberg German Empire. He was a German physician and a medical researcher who treated numerous high-profile clients in America. For their venereal diseases? For any diseases. Got it. Some of his most notable clients, per me, included, <laughs> obviously, JFK, Humphrey Bogart, oh, uh-huh. Truman Capote, mm-hmm. Eddie Fisher, Judy Garland, Liza Minnelli, Mickey Mantle, Marilyn Monroe... Elizabeth Taylor, and Elvis Presley. I have heard of every single one of those So have I, and all the other people have never heard of, so they didn't make the list. <laughs> he earned his medical degree from the Frederick Wilhelm, I know it's German, so I'm not saying it totally, Friedrich Wilhelm, Friedrich <laughs> University of Berlin, now known as the Humboldt University of Berlin. When patients asked what was in his injections, because that's what he's known for, he would say, you're feeling better, right? That's all you need to know. That's shady. (laughs) He liked to maintain an aura of mystery, and he kept his patients coming back and brought more patients his way. So those are not legal drugs. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) So now we're going to talk about the two of them, him and JFK, becoming one. So in September 1960, then Senator John F. Kennedy visited Jacobson shortly before the 1960 presidential election debates with Nixon. The night of the first Kennedy-Nixon debate, Kennedy met with Jacobson just a few hours before he took stage. The senator was complaining in a voice, barely above a whisper, of extreme fatigue and lethargy. (laughs) Jacobson plunged a needle directly into Kennedy's throat and pumped his secret medicine into his voice box. Was he giving him adrenaline or something? I don't know. After the injection, JFK felt amazing and then crushed the debate with Nixon, ultimately winning the presidency. It's liquid cocaine. Something. When JFK asked what was in the magical injection, Dr. Feelgood, as he is also commonly known, (laughs) told him vitamins, enzymes, and human placenta. Fucking ketamine, vitamin K. (laughs) Wait, human placenta? Is that what you said? Yeah. So that was like the controversial. I glazed right over that. Now you people fry it up and make a sandwich. Yeah, out it, of it. it does actually have some health benefits. And that's a hard pass for me. You never wanted to eat your placenta. I did not. Although I know some people would take it and dry it out and make pills out of it. Yeah. People get very creative with their discarded organs. That's disgusting. I it watched an is. episode of. The Kardashians, when I was into that a long time ago. And Courtney had one of her 15 babies and she fed it to her entire family but didn't tell them what it was. I'm like, that's a the legal. legal crime. <laughs> and I, I would have raged. It's disgusting. So, some of the potential side effects of Dr. Feel Good's injections included hyperactivity, impaired judgment, nervousness, and wild mood swings. Kennedy, however, was untroubled by the FDA's reports on the contents of Dr. Feelgood's injections. Is it meth? I don't know. (laughs) You've given me a lot of good options. We'll find out eventually. (laughs) JFK continued to get injections by Dr. Feelgood, and by May of 1962, Feelgood had visited the White House to treat the president 34 times. In private, JFK was hobbling on crutches. In May of 1961, he would fly to Europe to meet Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev. Khrushchev for the first summit meeting. Khrushchev. Khrushchev. Yeah, that one. JFK didn't want to appear weak or wounded, particularly after the humiliating defeat at the Bay of Pigs six weeks earlier when Fidel Castro crushed a CIA-backed invasion of Cuba. JFK told Feelgood he didn't want to meet Khrushchev. Khrushchev. As a cripple. (laughs) It's fair. You don't want to appear weak. Exactly. And that was his biggest fear. Also in May of 1961, a White House staffer asked Jacobson, Dr. Feelgood, to fly to Palm Beach, where the first family was vacationing. When Jacobson arrived, JFK said he was worried about Jackie, who was suffering from postpartum depression after giving birth to their son, John Jr., in November. When Dr. Feelgood met the First Lady, he said she seemed to be unhappy and complained of a severe migraine. He gave her a shot and her mood changed completely. Oh, God. I hope she wasn't breastfeeding at the same time. Because whatever. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, well, she should be. Whatever she's getting, that ain't right. <laughs> Kennedy continued to see Dr. Feelgood and they developed a code to keep the visits a secret. When the president wanted to summon him, the White House staffer called the doctor's office and left a message for Mrs. Dunn. Jackie Kennedy and her brother-in-law soon became Dr. Feelgood's patients as well, as was the president's paramour, Marilyn Monroe, who had been introduced to Jacobson in the mid-1950s by their mutual friend Capote, who was one of the other people I mentioned. The night of May 1962, when Marilyn Monroe famously sang happy birthday to the president at Madison Square Garden, she was fueled by Jacobson's magic elixir. That might explain something. Got it. In early 1962, Kennedy's brother Bobby, then the U.S. Attorney General, grew so suspicious of Jacobson that he sent the formula to the FBI to learn what was inside of his injections. About fucking time. That was when he found out. It was methamphetamine ah, okay knew <laughs> i would get it so he then questioned his brother about it but jfk told him flat out it didn't matter what he was taking and proclaimed quote i don't care if it's horse piss it works <laughs> <laughs> uh... After a while, Dr. Feelgood frightened the president's other physicians. In November of 1961, Eugene Cohen, who treated Kennedy for Addison's disease, wrote a letter of warning to the president saying, quote, you cannot be permitted to receive therapy from irresponsible doctors such as MJ. I mean, he's doing right by that because that is definitely not... A good thing. Has his teeth started falling out from the meth yet? No. I wonder if that happened. Not to my. Well, I mean, he didn't make it very far in he life. Did not. And his son is a goner. Also, he got lost. I think it was a plane crash, and they like never found him. JFK Jr. Oh, yeah. Lots of. He must have done something to piss Jesus off or something. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. They've been through a lot. Tragedy in that family. So another doctor, Doctor Hans Kruse was treating the president's back pain and was equally scathing about Jacob objection. <laughs> <laughs> Jacobson's objections. Jacobson's objections. Injections. So Injections. this doctor was fucking mad, okay? All the doctors...
1: Realized that something was wrong,
0: and he said, "Quote: No president with his finger on the red button has any business taking stuff like that because this was during the Cold War. Yeah, which we, was like a nuclear charged it was situation. It, it was very tense, from what I hear. And doing meth kind of I fucks with your judgment. Yeah, so Just it's it's little. amazing that we all we weren't there, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that we as America survived. Agreed." So Bobby Kennedy naturally was pissed, so he called up Dr. Feelgood and told him, quote, go back to New York with the other Jews. Well, that's uncalled for. Right. Like, just say, hey, method. No need to be racist. Yeah, Yeah, anti-Semitic. That's the word. Dr. (laughs) Feelgood was obviously offended, and he informed the president by letter that he would no longer have him as a patient. Kennedy was so desperate not to lose him that he flew to New York just to persuade Jacobson to continue treating him. He said, if not for your good, then for the country that became this haven from the Nazis. So he's literally playing on his He's totally Jewishnism. guilting him. I mean, when it comes to, to Jewish people, though, guilt is a very strong lever to Of utilize. course, and I don't remember, I think I mentioned it, that Dr. Feelgood had fled from Germany. Oh, okay, right. Because obviously he was Jewish. In 1962, after Jacobson agreed to stay on, he gave the president too high of a dose causing a psychotic break that led to the president of the United States running naked and delirious through the Carlisle Hotel's halls. (gasps) Could you imagine if, like, Trump or Obama (laughs) did something like that? I mean, you could... I'm unexpected for Biden. (laughs) So JFK was completely naked, on the verge of paranoia, and feeling so free of pain that he almost wanted to perform gymnastic acts in the hallway. It said that he was doing literal naked cartwheels. It's it's really sad, though, that he was in such pain that his body's just deteriorating and this is what he has to resort to. Yep. The Secret Service detail had to control him but found it very amusing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would sit there with my popcorn on the side of the right? road. Right, just, just a little just bit, see what happens. happens. Yeah. <laughs> the Secret Service then called one of New York's top psychiatrists. Who saw the president in a manic condition, furiously waving his arms and running around without any clothes on, and immediately recognized Kennedy's drug induced mania? Kennedy was administered an antipsychotic, and the president soon returned to normal. After the hotel incident, doctors were like, Look, you need to cool it with the mess. Your heart's gonna explode. And you're literally in charge of nuclear warheads. You are the president (laughs) of the United States, the leader of the free people. You're setting a very bad example. <laughs> and then one year later, in 1936, JFK was assassinated. <laughs> so we don't know, you know. I assume he would have kept going 100%. It doesn't sound like he had any he desire. Knew what it, he didn't know originally what it was until, until Bobby told him what it was. But he was so addicted to it. By then, he didn't care. And during the time when Dr. Feelgood was mad for, you know, having the comments made to him and he refused to treat the president, JFK started going with, through gnarly withdrawals. So that's why he was begging him and flew to New York and said, please do it for the Jews. And he said, okay, I'll do it. Because he was so desperate at that point. Yeah, meth sounds pretty awful. Yeah, I've only had... Not me personally, no. but- <laughs> Oh my God. I've experienced a lot of people on meth and it's not it, great. It's more common around these parts than it should be. Yes. I don't think it's as bad. Is it as bad as it was like 15, 20 years ago? So we go through ups and downs. So we... It was a long time ago. Then heroin has been like the baby for the past 15 years. But actually meth is back up there with it. So it's like equal now to heroin and then fentanyl is mixed in between them. That's awful. Yeah. Don't do drugs, kids. Right? But also like he didn't know he was doing drugs. Until he did. But then then, he was like- But you're already hooked. Like you say, I'm in so much physical pain. It's true. I'm desperate. I say, I have a cure for Addison's. I have this thing I can give you. And I do when you that feel will great, make all your troubles. Exactly. Go. I get it. But shame on that, doctor. Are you missing? I am missing a page. I knew I was missing something. Can you fill in the gap? So we left with, bam, right in the forehead. I missed a page prior to this. <laughs> cause I'm like, there's stuff I haven't said that I know I read. So what kind of stuff let's backfill if you can think about it? No, I can tell you. Oh, okay. Well, maybe some. The sideline conversation <laughs> will stimulate the flow. So now we're going to talk about the downfall of Dr. Feelgood. Oh, because this guy's still out in the wild. That's mm-hmm. right. In the late 1960s, Jacobson's behavior became increasingly erratic as his own amphetamine usage has increased. He had begun working 24-hour days, and he was seeing up to 30 patients per day. I wonder if he's the reason that Elvis died. Like Possibly. He was one of his special patients. He was, and whether it's true or not you always hear the rumor that he like died on the toilet it's like what if his like heart just yeah. fucking quit on him while he was having a, a particularly tough time <laughs> there you go he started doing bizarre experiments such as boiling his concoctions in beakers containing precious stones he ran his potions over magnets and attached the magnets to syringes that he used And for some patients, including Fisher, he mixed his own blood into the elixir before injecting it. Of course, his own blood contained meth because he was taking his own medicine. That is, like, so wrong on so many levels. Yeah, not even just the drug part, but, like... I'm going to inject my bodily fluids into your body. Super sanitary. They probably had hep C and other shit. Oh, my God. Yep. Yep. In 1969, one of Jacobson's clients, former presidential photographer, Mark Shaw, died at the age of 47. An autopsy revealed that Shaw had died of an acute and chronic IV amphetamine poisoning. After Kennedy's assassination, Jacobson's practice thrived until 1972, when the New York Times published a massive expose on him. Under questioning, Jacobson's staff admitted to buying large quantities of amphetamines to give many high-level doses. The Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs seized Jacobson's supply, and his medical license was revoked on April 25th of 1975 by the New York State Board. God. And then in 1979, Jacobson attempted to regain his license, but was denied. A state spokesman stated that the then 79-year-old Jacobson did not seem ready to enter the mainstream practice again. Jacobson then died one year later in December in New York City. That's what I was missing. My whole page on who he was. <laughs> so he, like I said, he was he was born in Germany. He uh, got his medical degree at some fucking place. He fled when Hitler came into power, and then he was just kind of a weird dude and just decided to start shooting people up with. He meth. got. Like, how, how did he, he get to the meth? I. Don't, he was somehow. It didn't say it, he was somehow introduced to the meth first. And then realized like how great meth was. And then realized, hey, I'm a doctor. This is feels great for me. It'll feel great for all my other famous patients. So then he just started giving to everyone, but he knew it was wrong or illegal. So he didn't tell them what it was. Sure. And it did contain the vitamins, the placenta. Everything that he said, he just left out the With best just part. A sprinkling just the drugs. <laughs> But yeah, so that is the story of JFK on meth. I knew none of that. I didn't know about his ailments. I didn't know about his treatments. I never would have guessed that he was high off his balls. Not only him, but Mrs. President, all these other famous fucking people. Yeah. Wow, that was actually really interesting. I know, so I had heard about it on Comedy Central's Drunk History. Oh, right. And I was just happened to be watching it and it popped on and I went, that is bananas, there's no way that's true. And I looked it up and went, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just a, a little quick story today. It makes you wonder what other presidents of history's past were like. And then obviously people have theorized that Dr. Feelgood literally changed the course of history and he made history the way it is because had it not been for his actions jfk wouldn't have done certain things to either secure the presidency to do with the russians that he met with to do all the stuff so he technically was like the president because he didn't directly influence the outcome but he indirect indirectly did do you think more importantly that he was the use the, the reason that the song Dr. Feel Good exists? Dr. Feel Good, you're singing it wrong. It's like, uh-huh. Dr. Feel Good. Oh. oh, yeah, I didn't sing it fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're singing like a melody. It's a... Uh, um, Mot- Motley Crue. Yeah, I could just watch that movie. Oh, the dirt. Oh, oh that my God. Movie was great. I loved it. People hate on MGK all the time, but I enjoyed him in the and Tommy I'm like, Lee role. I was watching him and I'm like, Oh. They look nothing alike. And then I looked at pictures of Tommy Lee back then. They did a good job. Oh, my God. They look identical. I only know of him kind of now. I didn't know what he looked like back then. And they look almost spot on. Oh, yeah. And see, when my knowledge of Tommy Lee came about was in the the Pam-Am. The (laughs) Pam-Am. Like, the Tommy and Pam days, which I remember we were watching the Hulu show with Uh Sebastian Stan when we were in Big Bear. That's when we started it. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Oh, God, they were trying to bring her eyebrows back. I, I, it failed. The, the whole 90s fashion and culture, all that stuff is making a resurgence. And it is. The low pants. And yeah, in the early 2000s. No, I am traumatized from that time in life. That does not need to come back I agree. in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, I had overplucked eyebrows. No, thank you. Uh-uh-uh. Agreed. There was a filter on Snapchat for a little bit. To give you her eyebrows without permanently disfiguring yourself, but yes. that that didn't last very long. No, it's terrible. <laughs> I think it was, there was like an interview with her on TikTok. It was a snippet of, of something bigger, but apparently she always kept a pair, like a thong. In her, yeah, for her. her hair! I did see that. I have not tried it I yet. I mean, that's kind of cute. It's, it's like an unused film. <laughs> yes. No, not just keep using like, your backup panties as it's not a multi-purpose tool or it shouldn't no. be. But <laughs> yes. I, I had heard that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that would yeah. like I said, that was very enlightening. A good history lesson. Yeah. So no controversy or conspiracy nope. there. It, it's been proven. There's books about it. That's, that's just history, baby. But I had no idea. So I, I would wager to say that the song is, it's probably related to him. Maybe. Yeah. Because. That was the only other reference of Dr. Feelgood I And then ever. there's a book called it too. Yeah, I, I agree so. Well, I don't know. So, so what are you going to cover next week? So I was looking through our talking points list and I think we are going to explore the world of subliminal advertising. Ooh, okay. So we'll we'll see what interesting things I can uncover while poking around. Yeah, I think that's pretty exciting. You know, the people that use it for good, for bad and indifferent. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, that I think is gonna bring us to an end for this episode. I think this is probably our shortest episode, uh, a shortest episode that's been published. That's, been published. <laughs> that's actually made it. We did far enough. We did have a false start on one episode. Uh, Your first episode. It, it was, did not I, go well. I did not know <laughs> what I was doing or how to prepare. I think we have gotten better. We've started releasing the videos mm-hmm. of our very first episode PizzaGate gate is now on patreon yes it is that's an exclusive to patreon we lost the audio there was some yes. computer catastrophe <laughs> that i was plagued with but the video still exists and so that is something that our subscribers can be privy to and speaking of which if you wanted to be one of those subscribers just go to patreon.com slash conspiracies and you can learn all about it We highly recommend you donate at least a dollar right now. The dollar will get you all you need and more. Exactly. We also have an Instagram, same name. I'm pretty active on that. I upload every week when we have a new episode. And that's where we get most of our episode suggestions and a little bit of feedback that we get. We have an email cracked sisters conspiracies at gmail.com should you want to send us any requests or anything like that no not that i think anyone's ever utilized it though i, think I think just we th- use our email we use our email okay. but yet you know what in the age of social media it's so much easier to just send a dm i, I get it Alrighty, righty well that's going to be it today so stay cracked y'all, and have a great day